beginning transmission 73, age of X, file under, as seen on TV. The following program is brought to you in living color. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bard tenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. 毎週漫画の読書の雑多なバンドはスラッシュアマチュア入札しようと漫画とピアオカクテルバーです。All while trying to not sound like Complete morons in the process. You can find these idiots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You know something? No, what? You read too many comic books. <laughs> We now join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd. ニコン、サンカブライアン、キュー、アダムとトト。I'm too sober for this shit. I thought you got kicked out of the house.、Um, I am on there. So, Amy and her sister is there. Both sisters spent the night, the last two nights at my place. Plus, the、uh, one sister from out of town brought her two little girls that are like two and less than two、mm-hmm. with her. So, they're just doing stuff, but. Sometimes they're shopping, sometimes they're home, and the content of the show would not be appreciated by the guests. 10-4. That's right, and that's where we're at. And I'm just like, well, fuck you guys, but at the same time, okay. But we're a complete gentleman on the show. Always. Look at me. Speaking <laughs> of fuckers, I have 45 minutes. All right, here we go. Welcome to episode 73.、Yay! We are beginning our month of As Seen on TV books with. Uh, Age of X, which ties into the TV series Legion.、Uh, we have our standard accoutrement sharing a microphone like a lovely country western couple. We have Adam and Todd. We'll start with introductions with Todd. Hi, this is Todd. You can find me on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. I'm hanging with Adam today、Yay. because I got kicked out of my house. Well, they were happy that I left, but they were too nice to actually kick me out. <laughs> so, love you, honey, but this is best for all of us.、Uh, yeah, you can really find me here.、Uh, besides that, I'm quite the wallflower. I seem to know a lot of people, but no one really knows why.、Uh, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Cool, and sharing that romantic microphone, we have the vocal <laughs> stylings of Adam. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Adam,、uh, film critic and reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot, as well as the co host of the Bored as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi. Hey. And yeah, just kind of living life to its fullest right now in Utah and looking forward to Comic Con, which is like way too close now. And I'm probably,、uh, future Adam is probably freaking out about. Prepping for his panels. And、uh, bringing some sexy back, we have Q. Hi, this is Q, a、uh, costumer and、uh, drag queen,、uh, just like last week because, hi everybody, we recorded two in、Yay. one day.、Yeah. <laughs> Getting ready for a drag gig tonight, and then uh, uh, I'm just waiting for all the publicity materials to get done, but、uh, we are doing a new, uh, a new cabaret uh, entitled Demanda's House of Horrors、uh, and Show Tunes.、Uh, <laughs> Uh, October 29th 
at the New Deal Cafe in Greenbelt, Maryland. Uh, we've got a couple new cast members. Um, some other people were busy, so, you know, we filled in some spots. It's going to be um, a fun night for all. Then, you know, just, you know, my standard uh, doing a lot of theater shows. We've got Christmas Schooner, uh, Boeing, Boeing, and Calendar Girls coming up in the next few months. Um, and uh, all pretty exciting stuff. Cool, and uh, hi, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based out of California, currently working on a video game called Killing Kama, my friend, um, and uh, wrangling a puppy who has been throwing little temper tantrums and destroying things around the uh, house. So uh, we, just, we just can't have nice <laughs> things, but Kessel is here chewing on a big like stick of hardened cheese and uh, going to town on that. So this month we're doing our, uh, as we said before, our uh, as seen on TV. Uh, so we're starting out with uh, the book that is somewhat the basis of the TV show Legion. I don't know how much Key will be able to inform us because I haven't actually seen the Legion TV show. It's, it's not at all. Not at all. <laughs> it has a little character in it. So there you go. Uh, but it's an X-Men book uh, called Age of X. We're going to jump in with votes. Vote for Pedro. So I've been asked by the judge to be the form. Vote for Pedro. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you. Our dear listener. Along with each vote. Our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. Yay or nays? Uh, let's start with... Todd, what's your vote? Yeah. Okay. Adam, what's your <laughs> vote? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I am going with a no. I am going with a very emphatic no. I fucking hated this book. Uh, I really fucking hated this book. Q, what, what's your vote? Um, yes, with a caveat, which I said that I would explain later. Well, then, let's jump into drinking game rules. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. So I'm going to do mine, which is probably what I hate. This is I'm stealing this from Q. This is drink to make sense. Uh, <laughs> and we'll get into it later. So, uh, Adam, what's your drinking game rule? Uh, my, my game is uh, who the fuck is this? Because all these characters are either random people I didn't know from the X-Men or they're going by different names, and it's very confusing. Q, what is your drinking game? Mine is called X marks the spot. Anytime X, the character is mentioned or speaks, take a drink. You are going to fuck someone up with that rule. Yeah, that's pretty good. And Todd, what's your drinking game rule? Scott Summers is sullen. So every okay. time, yeah, every time Scott Summers is just or Cyclops is going, oh, is moody, or they call him Basilisk in this Basilisk, as well. Yeah. Or Basilisk as well, Scott. But yeah, Basilisk is sullen. Well, so every I, time you encounter Scott, I feel horrible for him. Like, <laughs> fuck, like, he like the most fucked up things possible happen to that character. So it really like, does. It right? actually made me, like, uh, it made me feel bad for Cyclops, and I fucking hate Cyclops. So well, now we're gonna drink to his sullenness. Awesome. Well, Q, do you want to give us a heads up as to what we're going sure. to encounter before we read this? So, so, so this is not a spoiler for anyone. So Age of X um, is an alternate timeline um, created by 
blank. Um, you know, I won't I won't spoil that because that's definitely a big part of this book. But it's an alternate timeline that's created, and so um, all the X Men who at the time were all on the island of Utopia. For those of you who kept up with um, X Men uh, stuff, the decimation happened. Blah blah blah. So they raised uh, asteroid M out of the Pacific Ocean and made it all, right off the coast of San Francisco, and pretty much all of the mutants that were still active at the time uh, went to go live there. So um, because they were all there when the alternate timeline was created, everyone who was in Utopia then is in this um, alternate timeline. It's a very kind of dark timeline. Um, it's a, so like a lot of people have different names, uh, sometimes maybe a different power set. Um, some people who were previously depowered um, are maybe are reverted back to um, an original, uh, you know, their original ways. Um, so, uh, the other thing that I wanted to say is, so, the reason that I wanted to do this book for this, mm -hmm. um, TV show, um, month was because there's two shows right now that are going on, one on Fox and one on FX. The first on Fox is Gifted, which is premiering this fall. It is about, uh, sort of the precursor to all of the Sentinels. So, it kind of like in this book, all of the precursor stuff is that there are people out hunting, um, the mutants, and they all have to go underground. Um, it's kind of like an underground railroad type thing, um, which happens also Berserker slash Thunderbird slash Warpath, who's in this book, is also in that TV TV series, and uh, there's, a, there's a couple of other characters that aren't really in this book that are in that TV series, but I thought that it had kind of a similar theme with uh, mutants going underground. And then the other one, which, which is on FX, which the first se season has already premiered, is Legion, which um, is obviously about the character Legion, who plays a pretty big part in this book. Um, he is one of the Force Warriors, the telekinetics, who um, sort of keep uh, Fortress X safe, and he is a pretty, a pretty big deal, um, and we can kind of get into a little bit more about him later, but that's why, that's why I recommended this book. Um, the other caveat that I wanted to make is this book kind of just jumps right into the story. There really isn't a, you know, you, what happened. There also, um, in, if you try to just read the arc right before this, there also isn't a lead up. So when um, the X-Men books did this previously in the 90s with Age of Apocalypse, there was a lead up story called Legion Quest, um, where Legion woke up from a coma, the X-Men try to go stop him from changing history, but uh, fail, and so all of history changes, which brought them to the Age of Apocalypse. With this, it's just um, there were little hints that something weird was going on, especially with the character Blindfold, who we do see in this story. She's kind of she can predict the future and she can see that something's coming, um, but literally like there was no like easing you into this. It's uh, you know they were just promoting that you know this was going to happen. These were some changes that that were going to take place, and they it just next issue boom this happened. There was no like. Oh well, you know, the, you know, we're trying to stop this alternate universe from happening. It was just like, boom, we're in an alternate universe now. So um, I kind of get the frustration um, that Brian and Todd had kind of expressed off air previously that you know <laughs> there there really isn't a okay, so this is what's going on. No, it's a boom, we're in it. Um, the first issue um, called Age of X Alpha tries to explain some of it, but if you're not super familiar with 
um, the X-Men just universe in general, it is pretty hard. My recommendation for people to sort of get into the, if you're, if you're wanting to start reading X-Men, my recommendation is to go to, um, a website that I've been going to for many years. Um, I've, I tried to contribute some stuff to them, um, but, you know, life just got in the way, but it's called uncannyxmen.net. They have character profiles for anyone who has ever appeared in an X-Men comic. There are spotlights and, um, character descriptions of a lot of people. Like, they even kind of go into alternate versions of characters, um, so that can kind of help you out. Um, when I used to have jobs where I just sat at a desk all day, I've literally read that entire website, I think, two or three times, um, which is why I am full of all of the useless information that I am. <laughs> um, but it is an awesome website. The guys over there are also really cool. It's also extremely gay-friendly. Um, most of the guys who run it are um, gay, uh, which is really awesome. Um, it's actually how I know a lot of the people that, that, that I do um, know internationally. So, um, anyway, uh, it uh, I will say it can get confusing, especially for someone who isn't as well-versed in the, in the X-Men universe, which it's always a problem for new readers, which is why they keep trying to like reboot and rebuild, and it just never works because there's just so much that goes into the universe. But anyway, that's all I want to say before people go read the book. You've been forewarned. I will get into why I did not. Well, we'll, we'll do all that later. But uh, this is your chance to go take a read uh, if you so desire. Three out of four of us say you should. Um, and Q's giving you some uh, heads up. So we'll take a little bit of break. If you want to read it, pause. And then when you come back, and we'll start spoiling this. And if you want to hear us rant and rave and Q explain all of it to you, we'll, we'll do that as well. Uh, so we will see you on the flip side. <laughs> If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. And we are back. Uh, Q, are you so, ready for the lightning well, round? Well, before we go into the lightning round, I just yeah. wanted uh, just to kind of keep going on what I was talking about earlier. This keeps happening when we try to read um, X-Men books. And yeah. um, I, it, for whatever reason, the X-Men in particular just have a very hard time for new readers, and I definitely understand that. I am a long-time X-Men reader. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've been a fan for a long time. As I said, I've, I've read UncannyX-Men.net like three or four times. Um, so, it can't... I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to deter new readers from from reading it, because I, I and, you know, I enjoy them, so I would really like other people to enjoy them as well, but I understand why people don't. Um, but I mean, you gotta give it a chance. Um, you know, you do have to, you do have to put some homework in to be, to be an X-Men fan. You know, you can't just jump in with all the alternate timelines, people moving in and out, uh, you know, from the future or alternate timelines, um, alternate universes. Um, it does get, I mean, just trying to do the summer's family tree on its own is enough of a weird twist thing, which, by the way, they do do on uncannyxmen.net. Um, I suggest you go look at it, because it is extremely twisted and fucked up. Um, but, uh, for me, I enjoy all of that crazy shit, like, you know, knowing all of those things. Um, but it, uh, the X-Men universe is also very insular. It, it really doesn't cross over that much with outsiders. Um, they've tried to previously. They've then really kind of stopped because of the whole movie rights thing, which is obviously a really big thing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, they, they really don't get out of their own universe that often. Um, we kind of talked about that during Civil War, um, where, you know, all of a sudden kids die and, you know, all the superheroes are like, oh, everybody needs to be registered where the X-Men are like, um, our kids have been dying for a long time. Where the fuck have you been? <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of that thing. They are their own 
beast, if you will. Um, so, uh, with that said, um, the lightning round might take me a little bit longer because I also have this in single issue form. I don't have a collection <laughs> of this because this was the very last um, book or things. These are the very last things that I bought single issue before I kind of stopped reading comics until we started doing this podcast. <laughs> Lightning round begins. We open up um, at Fortress X uh, with all of the not X Men, but all of the mutants kind of sitting around. Um, there, some of them kind of go into their backstories. The first being Basilisk, who is Scott Summers. They've removed his eyelids, and he is the executioner at Alcatraz. Um, they use him um, to kill all of the inmates of Alcatraz. Um, he then escapes and pretty much tells the mutants there. He's like, I don't care what you do, uh, but they're gonna come. So either escape now or wait to be murdered and pieces out. Um, eventually he then makes it to Fortress X, which uh, Magneto started. And we then go into the backstory of the Guthrie siblings, um, Sam Cannonball and his sister Paige Husk. They have um, a very large family uh, that are also all X-Gene positive and uh, come to find out that they've already been murdered. So Paige is a very cold, hard person in this um, universe. Um, Sam eventually then becomes kind of the field leader of the mutants at Fortress X. Um, you then go into the backstory of Dr. Kavita Rao, who is a um, human, but she kind of she developed the uh, cure for the X gene uh, with a a. Um, with another doctor named Richard Palance, who is another person from the X universe, kind of a dickhead, um, which you can still see in this story. Uh, Wolverine tries to stop them, but the only way to really get rid of the cure is for uh, Dr. Rao to give it to Wolverine for him to metabolize and get rid of, which forces him to, uh, his powers to stop and him to now be really sick from the adamantium poisoning in his body. Then there um, are all of the um, mutants who were in the, what is this, the uh, Chrysler building, uh, who Magneto then rips out from the ground and brings to Fortress X with uh, many other buildings from New York, and uh, which builds then Fortress X, which every night uh, or every morning is attacked by these human intruders. So then um, we're seeing just on the battlefield, all the different characters, and we kind of see some of the relationships between some of them. For the most part, um, again, as, a, as an X-Men fan, it's just visual cues of who these characters are, but for someone who doesn't even know who they are, it can get very confusing. Um, another thing in this book is all of the people who kind of play main parts in the story were very popular at the time, um, so it's not necessarily you know your favorite X-Men that you grew up with the 90s cartoon with, it's the people who are popular in the comic books. Um, um, so again, it can get very confusing. So they are attacked every day. We find out that um, the character that we would know as Rogue is called Legacy here, or Reaper, depending on who you talk to. So her job is to store all of the memories of um, anyone who has died, um, any mutant who has died. We meet uh, a one of the task forces run by a character named Tempo, who um, is kind of a D-list, Z-list character, so you guys pr probably have no idea who she is, but she um, dies in battle, and they bring Reaper out to the um, out to the battlefield to then absorb her into her collective memory. Da -da -da -da. So every day, the mutants sort of fight the humans. The humans are then pushed back, and then the Force Warriors, which consists of uh, Psylocke, Hellion, a character called Revenant, who 
we don't even really know who she is until after Age of X is over, and a character that a lot of people didn't quite get who she was, but her name is Uniscone, or Unisconi, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, in this in this universe, she's called Standoff. She's another telekinetic mutant, um, but again, a lot of people didn't know who the fuck she was, even, you know, X-Men fans. So Reaper kind of stays um, out in the out in the field. Uh, we then meet Moira McTaggart, who we all know has died previously in the regular Marvel Universe, so that's kind of a new thing, and she plays um, mother to Legion. <laughs> Um, we find out, you know, we find out what's kind of happened to Wolverine, who runs a bar in Fortress X. Uh, we find out that, um, Basilisk and Frenzy are a couple. We find out that, uh, Psylocke, who is also in her original, original British body, which is interesting, um, and, uh, Iceman are a couple in this universe. So as Rogue is out there trying to metabolize all of Tempo's memories and feelings, um, she comes across a random person um, out in the field who is doing something very weird that she doesn't understand and um, a force or a team comes out to capture this person and come to find out that it's Kitty Pride, who nobody knows who, who she is but Magneto comes in to then um, bring her back. So she drops a camera that um, Legacy then picks up, but come to find out it is just a camera full of blank pictures. Um, so everything starts to smell a little fishy uh, when Magneto takes um, Kitty Pride, or in this universe, Catherine, uh, to the brig, which is run by Danger. We see the Stepford Cuckoos, Magic, Emma Frost, uh, no girl and Charles Xavier in the brig with them, which obviously seems super fishy. So the next story is Legacy sort of questioning all what's going on. She goes to um, a character named Box who can speak to machines and he says, no, there's nothing wrong with the camera. Literally someone just took pictures of emptiness. So Basilisk also starts to become suspicious of things because uh, the more humans he kills, he takes their dog tags and he's starting to find duplicates of people that he's killed, which he finds very weird. Uh, Rogue, uh, not Rogue Legacy, then goes into the brig using Box's uh, machine powers and runs into Blindfold, who says that everything is wrong, um, calls her Rogue, who Legacy doesn't quite understand, and uh, Blindfold is telling her to ask the professor, uh, who, again, Legacy doesn't know when she goes to interview Catherine. She uh, is saying, well, you know, if you let me out of here, I'll talk to you. So Danger then attacks Legacy. She escapes, but not before she then absorbs the powers and memories of Professor Xavier, who uh, there are no telepaths here in this universe, which is a huge, huge uh, thing. And uh, so then she sees that obviously there's something um, even bigger going on. So then they get uh, the Moonstar uh, group, basically consisting of the characters who were stars of the New Mutants to track down Legacy. The next issue, um, again, Legacy is on the run. She uh, comes to Logan for help. Moira is pretty much saying that, you know, this is a huge issue. We need to bring her in. And Magneto says, well, you know, I'm right on top of that, Rose. Again, there's just lots of things that don't make sense. People are questioning the the authority um, and why it is that they're even really at this war. And uh, you find out that uh, Basilisk and Logan are, are sort of, they want to get to the bottom of it, of, of it as well. Gambit then helps Legacy escape 
um, as well. But then Magneto seemingly crushes them, uh, which everybody then calls into question. Next issue. Everyone's kind of like, uh, what's up with Magneto? He just totally just killed people. Um, this is where you find out that Revenant doesn't even know who she is. She's very, everything seems very confusing. Uh, there's lots of random people that are walking around, which I'll talk about later. Uh, Moira seems very upset um, with Legion saying that everything is falling apart. Um, so Magneto then meets up with Legacy and Gambit sort of saying, you know, I want to know what the fuck's going on too because he's like, I built this place, but there are like rooms in here that I don't know what they're for. I have no idea why these rooms even exist. So he goes to get uh, Catherine and Xavier as uh, Legacy and Gambit tried to go to that center room that they don't know what it's for. So they're all confronted, or Magneto and his little group is confronted by Moonstar's team, and Legacy and Gambit are then, they find this box which seems to hold the entire universe in it as Magneto is then confronted by the Force Warriors. So the Force Warriors pretty much say, alright, well Magneto's no longer in charge, we're now in charge now. They are then confronted by Moira and uh, the whole kind of, uh, all the mutants are then gathered getting ready for the day's battle because that's what they've been doing for what they think has been a thousand days. And Basque just says, well, really? So on a day that, you know, things, we're starting to question why things aren't going normally, the humans aren't attacking. I want to go find out what the fuck's going on. While Cannibal's like, no, it's our duty to kind of be here. So, um, Gambit and Legacy are attacked by Moira, who then steals the box, which seemingly contains the universe, um, in it. Uh, Xavier then confronts Legion, um, stating that, you know, nothing is right, and, uh, Xavier tells everyone to follow him to, uh, let them know what's happening. So, uh, what had happened previously to this is, uh, a character called Dr. Nemesis is, uh, going into Legion's mind who suffers from multi multiple personality disorder and deleting a lot of these uh, other personalities. That then causes his brain to react, his mind to react, creating another personality which then is trying to which then is trying to protect Legion's mind uh, then dubbed X and also using Moira's face um, it attacks Xavier puts him into prison and then creates the whole fortress X reality and while keeping everything else in a box so she then uh, X then brings the entire human army into the um, towards the fortress X which causes all of the um, all the mutants to go out and fight that instead of really kind of dealing what's at hand so they're all out there fighting uh, even Wolverine joins into it X tries to destroy the universe which is then stopped by Catherine Magneto and Xavier Legion then um, also joins in the fight um, everybody still fighting. So Legion's response then is to reabsorb X into himself and restore reality. So when he does that, all of all of the human soldiers disappear. He then restores reality, which causes a lot of confusion. So everyone's kind of back to normal, but still has like a weird blending of memories. And all of the telepaths and people that were, quote, problems are then released. And they decide that it's going to be, you know, it's going to take a while for everyone to kind of get back to normal. Legion is still missing at this point. So then uh, we kind of go back 
uh, at the end of the story into what's called Age of X Universe, which is a tale of the Avengers of this uh, timeline. Pretty much their whole thing is to... I'm going to really condense this. So their whole thing is to um, capture mutants. Um, they're also kind of a death squad. Um, they're a really fucked up version of the Avengers, so you find out that really they're just going to try to go in and destroy all the, the mutants. Redback, who is uh, Jessica Drew in this universe, Captain America, and the Invisible Woman, Sue Storm, all decide that that's obviously fucked up, so then they turn against um, their own team and uh, stop the Hulk from killing everyone in Fortress X. The end. Yep. Okay. The thing is that, you know, I can definitely see how this is confusing for someone who was not reading the X titles at the time. Um, a lot of these people aren't very well-known X-Men. Well, there are also some backup stories in the Age of X um, universe stories that kind of give some background to some of the other characters, like Doctor Strange is a, a mutant hunter, but really what he's doing is he's teleporting the mutants that he's supposedly killing to Fortress X. Um... Just some some other random random kind of stuff. So really, what this boils down to is that Legion's mind, which has always been you know a big thing. You know, he created the Age of Apocalypse. Um, also, kind of previous to this, uh, Magic did this whole th Magic being um, Ilyana um, Colossus's sister. She used Legion uh, to her own advantage to kill all of the Elder Gods in her dimension called Limbo, which was a huge thing for the X-Men, which put a major distrust against her. So um, he has all of these multiple personalities now that have their own powers, so what they were trying to do is kind of condense them back all into Legion to sort of heal his mind, and that then backfired, and he created this other alternate universe. Um, the other... So the other thing, which is obviously not, I don't think it's part of anyone's thing, but there's um, two issues of X-Men Legacy that I also um, purchased, which is the aftermath of Age of X, where you find out that it's kind of like lingering pieces. So there are some people who decide that they want to get rid of their memories of the Age of X universe. There are some people who decide to keep them, Frenzy being one of them, because she actually liked fighting every day and is really in love with Cyclops. Pixie, who is Nightmare in the Age of X, she wants to get rid of all of that because she thinks that she did some very bad things in the Age of X. But also we find out that Revenant is not the ghost of Jean Grey, but is actually the psychic projection of Rachel um, Summers, who, um, that's one of her powers, uh, which I, I think, yeah, yeah, when we found out uh, when the Excalibur book that we read, um, you know, all that long ago, she can project her astral form, so she's deep in space on another X-Men mission, and she's actually trying to go out and call for help, but when by the time her astral projection got to Earth, she got caught up in the whole Legion wave um, of changing the universe. So, anyway, that's all, I guess that's all I'll say about this for now. I'll let you guys talk about why you were so confused and why you hated it. Oh, I, I nearly, ra I rage quit this book twice. <laughs> I would not have finished this book if I didn't have to read it for the show. Like, I... I did not understand what the fuck was going on. I did not understand who the fuck these people were. Until Xavier woke up and started explaining some shit, I had no fucking clue what was going on. And I actually liked Bobo 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 more because it made more sense to me than this. That's I a lie. That's a lie. No fucking clue what's going on. There's like all these characters that I don't know who the fuck they are, and they're calling them by different names, and they're only giving you visual cues. If you don't know, if you do not have at least a master's degree in X Men, <laughs> you cannot follow this fucking book. And like, I just could not figure out what the fuck was going on. So, so like, again, the, and, and and the real irony of that is. 
uh, which Brian and I kind of already talked about. Uh-huh. Is, yeah. There aren't there aren't dialogue boxes in this explaining who everyone is. Yeah. Like there, or, like there are in more classic books. Yeah. Sure. Or the cheesy dialogue of like, I will use my whatever pile or you know power or oh that's a good one you know Jean Grey thanks for telling us this. Oh. I mean like it's the cheesy shit that I've railed on other books and I'm getting my comeuppance and I understand that entirely. <laughs> and see, because was, in this book, it, I was so lost. I was just about to say it too. Like we we've bitched about previous ones where it was like yeah. like classic gay or you know, right. 80s age comics were like, oh thank you Jean Grey who can use the powers of your mind yeah. to do things. <laughs> oh no, the irony is not beyond me. I am well aware that this is completely hypocritical of me, but I in this book I really really needed that. We talked about this a little bit too because you were rage reading this for like a, two weeks on us. <laughs> It took me a long time to get through this right. book because I could not follow but, it. Real question for you, because I kind of, I read this after you did, and I mm-hmm. kind of embraced it in a little way because I'm not really steeped in comic X-Men mythology or anything to that effect. Is So what if you don't know who any of them were before? Instead of trying to match them up, what if you didn't even bother and they were all brand new characters? Well, and for the most part, that's what I was going with because I didn't have anything else to base on. I uh-huh. still just could not follow what was going on. Because for me, it jumped from too many stories. It jumped from these people to these people to these people. And like, so the- I didn't know enough of the character to follow uh-huh. what was going on from one to the other. Like, it was just like, it was too random, too quick. And like, I just, there was too much going on and I didn't understand what was going on. And so it was like, okay. It was, it was like a really weird experimental film where it was like, okay, we're going to flash this at you, you know, multiple different times. And eventually it might all make sense. But like, I had such a hard time getting through it to get to the point where it finally started to make sense was a really long slog for me. Because even though it was maybe only like three or four issues, uh-huh. it took me like almost two weeks to like sit there and go, okay, I gotta sit down and read this shit. Sure. I got like, and it, it got to a point where I was trying to read other books and I was still so angry from reading this book <laughs> and that I couldn't read them. Like there were multiple times I'm like, I'm gonna pre- read something else and I'm like, I just, uh, I can't. Like I was just too upset and too frustrated. Like I, this book just threw me over the edge. And like, and I understand, like Q and I have discussed, like it's, there's so much back stuff that I, I can't necessarily do it. So like, for those who like X-Men, those who really want to get into it, and those who really want to do stuff, that's great. But like, I had to read like a halfway about the time where I was like, I'd rage quit like twice. I was like, I'm just gonna pull up the Wikipedia page, uh-huh. I'm gonna figure out what the plot is, and then I'm just gonna read and try to pick up what the plot is. And that's the only way I could get through it is to have the groundwork ahead of me saying this is what the story should be, so that I knew where I was going with it. So would you? put this at fault of like the way the collection of the trade is made or would you is it firmly in the author I, no i think it's no i don't i i think honestly i think it's just an issue with where it's placed in chronology it's just it's the it's the history of mar of the x-men is too broad that uh, you know I'm gonna, just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call bullshit on there right okay. right, right quick. okay yeah because this doesn't necessarily like the only reason that you would need to know any backstory of the X-Men is to know who the people are. The right. the story itself, you don't need to know any of the back history of the X-Men. You but really I wasn't don't. able to follow the story either though. I was having but, an impossible but, time following but, that. But that to me says, well, did you read it? Because <laughs> oh, I did. Believe me, I did. Because because like e- even without knowing who the people are, you know, it's people in a camp, they're being attacked every day, but people start to question what's really going on and see I, but the problem is they keep jumping and, to other and, stories and i don't know who and the, like and the, and, the, and the basic idea of this is an alternate universe which you did know going into it um that that's the whole thing it's them finding out that they are in an alternate universe and see that's and that's actually what i, I loved about this book so i, I 
you know, along with Death of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. this was the individual issues that got me back into comics as an adult. And when I jumped in, I was like, okay, I haven't read, I hadn't read X-Men for like since the mid '90s, so. You know, all of a sudden I jump in and like, oh, why is Rogue Reaper and why are they calling her this or that and what's going on? So I was really confused for the first episode or issue or two. But for me, that was all the fun. It was like it was as they were discovering they were in this alternate universe. I was discovering the same thing with them, and like I was like, why is Cyclops Basilisk and what happened here? And for me, as someone who like, I love like whodunits and mm-hmm. trying to figure out like when things are kind of crazy and twisted and weird, and I love that kind of shit. I just eat it up. So. For me, like, yeah, I, I didn't really know a lot of the characters because a lot of them actually had been created after I started reading, uh, stopped reading comics. But it was even not knowing that, I just the story was so interesting and so cool, and like, you got to, I just, I fully enjoyed it. And so I, I'm having, I, I, I fully respect, you know, Brian, your opinion as far as not liking it, but I'm just enthusiastically in love with it. So I just don't know. Even, even going back and reading uh, it and again, that's great. Like, sure, yeah. So my question... And I'm fine with people liking it. I just personally really didn't. And so you guys go for it and gloat. I'm just going to sit back and let you guys do it. No, no, I'm not gloating. I'm honestly like... It's weird because... I'm not saying gloat, but I'm saying like have glowing reviews and you enjoyed it. (laughs) You guys discussed that. I have nothing to add to that part of the conversation. So you guys go for it. So my question on this with Adam and Q then... Now, there's like rich history of X-Men stories. Like we we did Dark Phoenix and there's even... um, future past and there's other great ones how would you rate age of x versus like other classic i say classic I standard mean, lineup it's, it's um, not a classic it, it's not a classic no, in that regard but as an x-men story how would you rate this as an x-men story versus other uh, stuff i mean it, it it's still pretty low on like the um, on like the the stories i think that it's an okay story okay um but but it's it's not you know it's it's not for, for, I mean, obviously, it hasn't been around that long. This was published in 2011, uh-huh. um, and it like the staying power of it, like affecting characters. So, like for example, one of the reasons that Dark Fe- or Dark Phoenix mm-hmm. is such a, a big thing is that it had lasting power. To this day, yes. we are still worried about the Phoenix destroying the universe. Right. Um, Days of Future Past is still a big story because it continually the Sentinels are a threat to the X-Men. Like, there is staying power, there is continual residual effects, um, there are characters from those stories that are still here today. It is, it, like, those things have affected the entire X-Men universe. This, like, really, it repowered a couple of people. Mm-hmm. It kind of brought Legion into kind of his own. Um, it it made him a little bit different, but other than that, it really didn't have any lasting power. So they tried to make this whole frenzy story happen afterwards, where she is still in love with uh, Cyclops and uh, this whole side story, but she only lasted for like another story arc on the X-Men uh, squad. So, um, the which to me is what it actually speaks more of the issue with comic books today where um you know it's always new now better what's what's different like even in like my, my single issues the next thing was the whole fear itself storyline which happened mm-hmm. um very soon yep. uh, mm-hmm. after this like so they're advertising that big thing like this is the next big thing that's going to happen marvel is always about this is the next big thing that's going to happen so you always know that's going to go back to status quo because it has to be the next shakeup so you have to establish the status quo again. So that's what this story did. It went right, right back to what it was before. Um, so there, there is just not 
any stories now that have staying power. Before this, there was, um, you know, they talked about, you know, the war, you know, Rogue briefly mentioned some of the recent um, events that had happened um, when she said that she read Xavier's mind. You know, the wars over um, a, a, a child, which was the whole um, Messiah Complex storyline, and then the Second Coming storyline. Like, those stories still did not affect the Marvel Universe, the X-Men Universe, the way that other stories had. Like, they just didn't do anything to continue it going. So, like, Age of X is kind of like, oh, well, that's a fun story. Well, yeah, and exactly. And as you said, the... <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, with... And we talked about this a lot, is that the the X-Men has such a, a storied and huge universe. Like, there's so much epic things that happen there. Right. But, yeah, yeah the Q's right. This is, this is a fun story. I liked it. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, but it's not, like... Something that's gonna ripple off forever. Like you know, we we talked you talked about Dark Phoenix and Days of Future Past. I mean, like mm-hmm. Age of Apocalypse, same thing. Uh, the House of M with no more mutants that uh, foreshadowed the new Avengers versus X Men, which kind of fixed all that stuff. So those are the things that branch out and actually affect the whole Marvel universe, not just the X Men. This is more of a self-contained. Hey. This is just an X Men thing. It's not going to affect me. So, so like even even the two books that this um, crossovers, which is X Men Legacy, which um, is the retitling of the X Men Second Series, where it was just called X Men, mm-hmm. um, which which so we read X Men Number One. So this is two hundred and forty five. Um, you know, so X Men Number One, which we read with Omega Red and all of that stuff. So this is two hundred forty five of that same series, and then the New Mutants, which was the, I think the third iteration of um, the New Mutant storyline, um, New Mutants title. Those were still second tier books. Which the the flagship title of the X Men universe is Uncanny X Men, always will be. Um, and uh, you know, so there was still other shit going on over there. This is just like a little blip. Let's do a little crossover between these two books to kind of like get their sales up because they're you know the two um, you know two second tier books. Um, so let's do something fun and wild and crazy and get people to you know to read this story. And you know, so another amazing thing in this book is the art Clayman. Mm-hmm. I don't know how or why, but I want to touch him intimately because, first of all, he's also hot in real life. Um, like, Google him. He's ridiculously attractive. Um, but he draws some of the most attractive people in comic books. Like, his Gambit, like, just look up Gambit Clayman on um, on Google. There are some of the, the hottest comic book pictures, which is kind of weird, but you know, whatever. Um, but like almost all of the men are shirtless in this book, which is ridiculous. He just knows how to draw like sexy people without uh, I guess being like super titillating, like not like porn, but they're still like really attractive. Which, so Clayman, awesome, love him. And the other the other one, uh, there are a couple of other uh, artists in this book um, also still did a good job keeping the thing. Uh, an issue that I always have is, um, it was kind of an issue that I had with the um, Maximum Carnage storyline is there are little details in in, um, in costumes that change from, you know, depending on who the artist is, because obviously they get their own artistic interpretation of it. And, like, that bothers me, especially when it's in, like, a collection like this, because you can blatantly see that this person is wearing something different. <laughs> Even though it's happening like two seconds later, like it's always something that bothers me um, in comic books when there's like big crossovers and multiple artists and all of that kind of stuff. But anyway, but the art is just 
amazing. I, 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 liked, I liked a lot of the redesigns um, that Clayman introduced. Um, Frenzy uh, then keeps her um, Age of X costume uh, into the um, as the as the series progresses because it's it's a great costume for her. Um, but I also, I also loved Leg uh, Legacies. I loved uh, Rogue's redesign where she just had the little holes um, in her hands so that way she could still touch people. But it was it was like more of a, a conscious effort to touch people. I thought that was really cool. Um, a lot of the characters just had really interesting redesigns, um, which I really liked. I even liked the whole Basilisk mask for Cyclops. But, but I mean, honestly, I understand Brian's frustration. I know that we're all kind of ragging on him. But, um, but I mean, I get it. You know, it's something that you literally, like, for someone who doesn't know who these characters are, it would be pretty frustrating um, to just try to figure out what the fuck is going on when you don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, I've got a drink recipe for you right yeah. now. Mr. Boom. Mr. Booz, Mr. Booz, Mr. that's your spells, So mine is called uh, the Reaper, and what you do is you uh, take one ounce of Kahlua, one ounce of Bacardi 151, you put it in a highball glass, and you put two ice cubes over it, and then you pour a little bit of grenadine on the top, so it kind of gives like a red murder look. Mine is for uh, Legion's Mohawk, which is called the Mohawk. It is three-fourths of an ounce of tobacco syrup, which there is a recipe of how to make that, and I'll show it later. Uh, two and a half ounces of rye whiskey, half ounce of, oh shit, I can't pronounce that, Bona Jatel, oh, fuck it, look at our website, it'll tell you what that is. <laughs> uh, dash of decanter bitters, lemon twist for garnish, combine all the ingredients, cocktail shaker, shake the shit out of it, strain it over ice in a martini glass, garnish with a lemon twist, and the tobacco syrup uh, ingredients will be on the website as well. Uh, Q, do you have a cocktail? Yeah, so mine is just called Legion for our, our character, and there are many different alcohols in this drink. Uh, so it is one and a half ounces of scotch, two and a half ounces of red wine, one half ounce of triple sec, a splash of VSOP or other brandy, and a splash of Grand Marier, and then um, with some pineapple juice, a cherry, and a sprig of mint for garnish. So that <laughs> is probably going to kill you, much like Legion's mind will. Uh, and Todd, do you have a cocktail? I do have a cocktail. Um, this one is in reference to the Hulk when he smashes the dude's head and says we're going to kill all of them. So this is the uh, kill all of them is the name of the drink. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like what we should have named Q's. <laughs> so this is a half ounce of blue carousel liqueur, a half ounce of cream, green cream de menthe, and one teaspoon of Everclear. So what you do is you pour the green cream de menthe into a shot glass, add blue curacao, top with Everclear, and then you light it on fire. And then take care, extinguish before consuming, and just shoot, the, shoot it back. So yeah. Okay. There we go. Bring to that. As I as I mentioned, uh -huh. this was the like the last thing that I read, and this. So I, I also read this issue to issue. Mm -hmm. So you know, back when I uh, would drive past my comic book shop on the way home on Wednesdays, I'd stop in and pick up pick up the issues for you know for for my week. So a lot of the background characters. So at first, mm -hmm. again, this is coming from me. You know, someone who obviously read reads a lot of X Men things. Yeah. So at first, like the background characters that you see are you know the X Men, like the X Men characters. So but then there start to be like random people. So you know, there's like this. 
like this little kid, there's a clown guy, there's um, like guy with like squid things coming out of him. So to me, as, as a reader, that was the dead giveaway that Le- there was something going on with Legion because those people were background characters in Legion's head back in the first arc of the New Mutant story. So this is now in New Mutant like 25 or something. Yeah, so, so New Mutants 22 is, one, is like the first book, uh, or the second book in this storyline. So in New Mutants number one, or New Mutants number like four, uh, when magic goes into um, Legion's head, a lot of these people were, were ba- uh, background characters in Legion's mind. So I was like, oh shit, we're in Legion's mind. And so for me, as, as a comic book reader, like, that was really cool to be like, oh, something's going on with him. Like there's 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 something going on. So that that's what it was really exciting for me to kind of like put those pieces together um, as the story was progressing. As as I was kind of saying, like as far as like X Men stories go, for me it's just kind of fun. It's not anything that's going to you know dramatically change your life, um, but. It's it, uh, alternate universe storylines are always kind of fun because you just kind of get a different twist on characters, and a lot of these were uh, dark twists on characters. Cool. Uh, feel ready to go for grades? Yeah. yeah. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking done. God, please, no! 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 I will go first. My obvious is great. I hated it. Uh, so let's go with an F. I don't need to explain myself. Todd, uh, what's your grade? You know, I, I... I waffle back and forth on this. I'll give it a uh, C+. Plus. C. C plus. I'll give it a C plus. Uh, Adam, what's your grade? Uh, I'm at a solid B. You know, as Q said, this isn't this wasn't a life changing epic that just destroyed the Marvel universe and had to get put back together. But for me, it is sentimental because it's what got me back into comics, uh, as well as the fact that even reading it again, it still stood up for me. It still had a fun storyline, and it was a lot of fun. So you do need to know your X Men uh, lore, though. So this. Isn't really like a good comic to like f- to jump right into if you don't know these people or know these characters, but I, I had a lot of fun with it. So mm-hmm. strong B and Q. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the B. Um, again, as someone who like this was the last thing that I, I bought issue to issue, and it, it wasn't this that made me stop. It was like seeing all the solicits and things coming up that I just no longer cared about. <laughs> Nobody. Cares. I think it's fun. I think for an X Men fan, it's just a little, you know. Hey, this is this is kind of cool, but uh, you know, for for I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this book to non X Men fans. I recommended it for this because of you know I wanted to kind of plug those <coughs> X Men shows, really. But I mean, as far as, as as far as like a new reader, this wouldn't this wouldn't be something that I would give to them. Recommendations? Who wants to go first? Uh, I do because I gotta go. Um, okay. So my my recommendation is a couple of storylines back in the New Mutants uh, was a really cool thing. So for those, for again, this is kind of an old school X-Men thing. So for those of you who remember Inferno, where the Goblin mm-hmm. Queen kind of comes in and, um, you know, she tries to destroy New York, there's this whole um, subplot of her kidnapping children to sacrifice to the gods of Limbo. 
So in the uh, New Mutants arc, there is finally the explanation of what happened to those kids, and it is actually pretty awesome. Um, again, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to um, new X-Men readers, especially people who don't know who those original New Mutants were, because they're the ones... It, it was definitely a retro um, fan service kind of book. They brought all the original New Mutants back into a book, um, back on, back onto their, their own X-Men Strike Force, and it's actually a pretty good book. Um, I really enjoyed it. But that storyline where it you know harkens all the way back to like the, the 80s, let you know what happened to these kids, you know, what was, you know, and it's, again, pretty dark and, and crazy, and it also kind of jump-starts this whole Legion thing um, that, that that is going on, because, like, Legion definitely was, like, the precipice of the, of the whole um, New Mutants run. In fact, I'll just say that New Mutants run from n- issue number one until um, Age of X is in my opinion, a pretty solid X-Men run. Todd, what's your recommendation? So, with Justice League coming out, I realized I've never read comics with Darkseid in it, and I wanted to know more about that and Mr. Miracle. So I had picked up, and I've been reading um, Jim Starlin's Cosmic Odyssey. Mm-hmm. It's his run from 1988, and it is a whole lot of fun. Okay. So, yeah. So, Cosmic Odyssey. It came out in 88. I'm gonna... Oh, hats off to Q there, who's gone. You see that? Thank mm-hmm. you, Q, for getting me a fan of that era, because there's some really cool stuff. Adam, you have any recommendations? So I think I might have recommended this uh, a, a while back, but uh, Rick and Morty. I know that the new season just started up well, a couple weeks ago, once this comes out. Uh, it is the some of the best and smartest TV out there. Uh, it'd be kind of weird to think that a, a little cartoon show on... Uh, Adult Swim could be that great, but it's it's really, really smart. They actually have a team of scientists they work with to make sure that the stuff they talk about is legitimate. Huh. Uh, and the Pickle Rick episode, which they've kind of been teasing for a long time right now, there's a scene at the end where the whole family is talking to a therapist, and she just pretty much deconstructs his character in a way that I've never seen a show do before. And as funny as it was, it was also very touching and poignant. And, it, yeah, it's used... It's something you got to see, so if you haven't jumped into the Rick and Morty bandwagon yet, uh, if you pick up the Blu-rays, they're like 15 bucks at like FYE right now. Uh, they're the only way to get them uncensored. Even if you get the digital ones, they have you know they, they have some bleeps and stuff. It takes a couple episodes to get into it, but once you do and you get the humor and you get what they're trying to do, uh, it's honestly the best thing on TV. That and Game of Thrones. So, so uh, go go watch it as soon as you possibly can. <laughs> All right. Well, and my recommendation also leads into next week as well. Um, on Netflix, I've become completely and utterly obsessed, and I've been texting Adam about this a bunch, with uh, <laughs> the TV show Riverdale. Um, I really dig the hell out of it, and we are happy to read Archie next week, so there's a plug for that as well. So it's if you haven't seen it yet, it's very fun. Um, I have also, and we'll probably talk about this next week, I have cataloged all the similarities between the first season of Riverdale and the first season of Dawson's Creek, and there are a lot. And I actually found other articles about that as well. I've been loving that show. I know Adam's recommended it before as well. And as Adam and I have discussed it, it's trashed TV. It's beautiful oh, it's trash totally TV, crazy. but it's it's, yeah. it's trash TV. But it's it's actually really fun, and it's uh, I I've really been enjoying the hell out of it to the point where I probably embarrassed myself at work about talking have about you, it way have too you much. Finished it yet? No, I have two more episodes, so I'm okay. almost there. So I've been like watching one or two episodes now when I get home from work. And so I mean, I'm interested to see who you think the killer is. Yeah, it also I'll be honest with you. I started reading the t- watching the TV show slightly before I started reading the comic, and I thought the new comic would be a little closer to the TV show. In fact, I almost kind of wish it would like. But we'll get into that next week. So, yeah. cool. So next week we're reading the new uh, Archie Volume One. It's the, uh, the the 
Update Archie uh, probably about two years ago, I think. It's about 2015 or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they've been putting them out in normal compact size, not the normal, the small little Archie Digest that you used to get at the uh, grocery store when you could con your mom into actually buying them for you. At least that's how I used to get them. Um, but so it's the Archie characters you know, slightly updated. Um, overall, I think it's actually pretty fun. I think people, hopefully you guys will all enjoy it. Um, but that's what we're reading next week as we continue our month of As Seen on TV. So uh, with new shows coming up and all sorts of fun stuff, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some good comics going on. Uh, so until then, we will see you all next week. Thank you much. See ya. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.